This is the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudborn. We welcome Dr. Bruce Deerstein back to the program. How are you doing, Bruce? Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm okay. Bruce Deerstein served on the staff of the New York State Office of State History and the State Archives. He's written widely about New York State history. He's the author of two recent books. We've talked with him about them on the program, The Spirit of New York, Defining Events in the Empire State's History, and Leading the Historical Enterprise, Strategic Creativity, Planning, and Advocacy for the Digital Age. Let's discuss your recent column, Bruce, on a New York History blog, looking at the, I guess you'd say, the status of history in New York State. What do you think? New York State historians, you know, reading other posts primarily on the history blog and some coverage in the in the press, it seems that some uh, people in history in New York are frustrated. Do you think so? And if so, why are they frustrated? Well, I think history is, is alive and well at the local level. I'm always impressed by how enthusiastic local historians are and how much interest there is on the part of the public in, in well-presented local history. But Yes, I think the history community as a whole is frustrated right now for a number of reasons. Uh, one is that uh, now almost a year ago, last March, the New York State Historical Association, which was the, the central professional association of historians in New York uh, since 1899, uh, went out of business, uh, changed its name uh, to the Fenimore Art Museum. The Fenimore Art Museum had formerly been subsidiary to, uh, to NYSHA. Uh, and simply uh, went, went out of business. Now, the Fenimore Art Museum is a great place, and they're staying in the picture. They are uh, uh, continuing to support history to some degree, but they're basically an art museum. So I think a lot of people were discouraged by that, and in turn, that calls into question what happens to the journal, which is entitled New York History. Uh, we used to have two state history conferences. Now we have only one. Uh, there used to be a popular uh, magazine on New York history, which NYSHA published. Uh, that's gone. Uh, there used to be seminars for teachers uh, of New York State history. Uh, that's gone. Uh, New York History Day uh, has, has stayed around, and, and Fenimore will continue to uh, uh, to support that. But uh, that was a major blow, even though NYSHA for some for some years had been kind of shrinking its um, its footprint, if you will. Uh, so right now we have no statewide professional historical association. We have a number of regional uh, groups, but we don't have any anything uh, statewide. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing. The second thing, real, real quick, is that uh, we have a terrific, wonderful state historian, Devin Lander, but and he has some support, some good support from within the state museum where he's headquartered, but he has no staff. And... Uh, for a state this big, for a state historian uh, to really do something, he needs uh, staff. And in turn, all the local historians around the state, city, uh, county, town, and villages, uh, historians, uh, many of them very talented and energetic, but again, they don't get much uh, support. So I think it's those things which not so much contribute to pessimism, but the way I put it, uh, contribute to a sense of, New York can do better than this. Uh, mm-hmm. 
New York can, can have bigger programs. We have, I think, the most significant history of any state in the country. That may be a little biased because I'm a New Yorker, right. <laughs> but I think we could do better with our state history programs. If I could back you up to talking about, a little bit more about the old New York State History Association, what was that? Was that a function of state government, or was that an independent nonprofit? Well, it was an independent nonprofit. <laughs> One of the things that they, they've said for years is that uh, people assume that because uh, state is in their, in their title, they're part of the state government, which they never were, and they never really got any state aid. No, NYSHA, as I, as I call it, which is New York State Historical Association, was actually established in Lake George in 1899, moved to Cooperstown in 1939, and was a at its height a big, robust membership organization, probably the best of its kind in, in the country. And so it sponsored history conferences, it did publications, it worked with teachers. Uh, it ran a program called the Yorker Club, which was for uh, young people in, um, in the schools. Uh, and generally, it was just a, a, a robust, a very creative, energetic uh, organization. Mm-hmm. That began to shift maybe 25 years ago when their interest began to shift toward uh, more toward art, more toward Southwest Indian uh, culture and art. That's based in part on funding that they got. And they gradually began to, to withdraw and, and shrink their their um, uh, their visibility and their footprint in New York State history. So it's been a gradual thing, but now, rather dramatically, well, I say now, it's actually last March, uh, it's gone. There is no more New York State Historical Association. Mm. I do note uh, that your blog engendered a, a number of um, comments. You know, you can comment on things online, including one from someone at the Fenimore Art Museum, saying, well, we're still doing a lot of a lot of things, and you've, you've already addressed that, actually. Yes, that was Paul D'Ambrosio, who was a, was a good good guy, uh, was president of NYSHA, president of the Fenimore Art Museum, and there's also, of course, a, a very, a very strong farmer's museum in Cooperstown, which I'm sure many of your listeners know about and, and have visited. And Paul's response to this is, look, we're not, we, we haven't gone we're just shifting, we changed our name, and we're going to continue to do important things. That's true, uh, but the New York State Historical Association and the Fenimore Art Museum are, are certainly different things. And if you, you just take maybe a, one of the best examples, the journal, New York History, used to be published in Cooperstown some years ago. It was shifted to SUNY Oneonta, the history department there. Uh, still sponsored by um, uh, NYSHA. Uh, now there's a question as to what, what happens next. Does it stay there? Does it go somewhere else? Uh, who's going to pay for it? How's it going to be supported? Uh, there are some other scholarly, quote-unquote, journals here in New York State, but that was the central journal, almost mm-hmm. at its heyday, the journal of record. And so it, it isn't so much that NYSHA is, is gone, and we lament it and wish we had it back. Well, that's true for a lot of us, I guess. But what, where do we go now? What do, what do we yeah. want now? Go ahead. Let me ask you, uh, just to clarify the journal, because I don't know. It, so the journal still exists, uh, being done in Oneonta? Yeah, yes, it does. It's published uh, 
it switched to digital version and is published online uh, for uh, uh, either NYSHA members or you can subscribe for a small fee. Mm-hmm. And it's done, I know, I know the editors there, it's done very well. It's done, it's done very well. But now, with NYSHA gone, the question is where, what happens next? Okay, so what do you, what is your, what are your recommendations or, or your thoughts on what uh, could happen uh, next? Well, with the journal, I've actually, I've actually uh, proposed a number of things. One is that somehow there has to be a way of supporting it, continuing to support it, and publish it either online or back to paper or, or both as a top-notch, peer-reviewed, I would say, scholarly quote-unquote journal, but. I think we need at least one more statewide journal, and we have a number of regional ones which are excellent, incidentally. Uh, And the statewide journal might be similar to uh, the the New York History Journal or maybe something uh, more in the line of uh, a popular journal, something of of that sort. Increasingly, what we need to do, easy to say but hard to do, is to shift online. Uh, I mean, your, your, your program is an excellent example of where we need to go. You're available anywhere uh, online to people, and that's, that's the way things have to be. A lot of the programs around the state, indeed around the country, uh, they're excellent in place, but you have to go and visit them. That's wonderful. We need to keep that, but we need to shift, uh, we need to shift online. I've also advocated a number of times, and others have well, as well, we need to get more resources, staff, I would say, for the state historian, uh, Devin Lander, uh, to, to continue, expand, and, and uh, keep going with the excellent work that he's doing already. Uh, there is a, a website, by, by the way, which I'm sure you know and your readers, your listeners rather, may, may or may not know, at the State Museum, which Devin maintains, called the Office of State History website. Lots of good information there. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's excellent. We just need more of the same. And so, at least for a good part of this, it comes down to, you said, resources. We're talking money here, aren't we? I mean, and, and uh, money from the state government to uh, promote history or to uh, advocate for history? Well, of course, that's the that's the question, I guess, of of the day. Uh, and, and right now, state government has got its own set of challenges, and the governor's budget is about to come out, and we don't know what's going to be in it. But yes, I think the state government should put more resources into history. Uh, I think it does a, a very good job with the Path Through History, which is a, um, a heritage tourism program runs a number of state historic sites through the Office of Parks, Recreation, and Historic Preservation. Uh, but we need more resources, I think, for the state historian who is in the State Museum and the State Education Department. Uh, that's indicative of one of either New York's strengths or lack thereof. History programs are kind of scattered around uh, state government. So, yes, I think we need more uh, state resources. Uh, NYSHA itself uh, was started up with the help of some of some wealthy and inf- influential individuals, and for years was supported very generously by the Clark family uh, in in Cooperstown. And so, if we could find some benefactors uh, along those lines, uh, people with resources, influence, uh, money, uh, that would mm-hmm. be helpful. At yeah. the local level, local historians, town, city, county, village. 
they need support locally. Uh, a lot of them work with little or no salary, little or no resources. They're officials of, of government, the same as uh, other officials. Uh, they need more support at the local level. And that ought to be possible at a time when people are interested in community history, local history, uh, local heritage, uh, family history, genealogy, and so on. So there ought to be some way of marrying up those interests with more, with more resources. Uh, the, the other thing that, that is important to keep in mind is that to some degree we can use technology to make up for the resources that we don't have. So the more we get on the, online with things, uh, the more we can reach a huge audience, indeed worldwide now, uh, for, for things that are openly accessible, uh, relatively inexpensively. Mm-hmm. And the final thing I might add is that there are a lot of people now, uh, my age and younger, the so-called baby boom generation, uh, now retiring uh, and looking for something useful uh, to, to do. Uh, something rewarding, something where they can give back and also get some self-satisfaction. There are lots of opportunities in history, uh, including as, as docents and, and tour guides and so on in, in uh, programs around the state, but I would say beyond that, uh, helping with fundraising, advocacy, and, and the like. So it does come down to resources, but it isn't all from one source. It isn't uh, all public resources, state government, though I think we need to do better there, uh, but uh, from a variety of sources, and you're absolutely right. We need we need more to get that. Though we need a we need a plan, and I think we need some sort of a set of goals or or an agenda. I tried to articulate one tentative set on the New York History blog, and also did so in other venues over the years. Mm-hmm. Our guest is historian and professor Dr. Bruce Deerstein. He's written widely about New York history. More with him in, in just a moment, but it is a new year, and we're launching a new historian's fund drive. The goal this year is $5,000. We depend on your contributions of financial support to keep going with the Historian's Podcast. Please make a donation online at gofundme.com forward slash historians2018. Or send a donation in the mail, uh, made out to me, Bob Cudmore, send to 125 Horstman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. And thank you very much. We're talking about, I guess you'd say, the future of uh, history in New York State. Uh, We're joined by Dr. Bruce Deerstein, historian and professor. Uh, Yes, it is kind of interesting. You were just talking about funding, and then I was there with the... uh, pitch for our uh, GoFundMe page. Uh, Before we leave that, and then the minutes are walking away from us, as they usually do, the the state, for example, if it wants to get involved in something having to do with history, state government, I mean, they want to see a return. I mean, their interest, it seems to me, is primarily promoting economic growth and promoting tourism. Would Would you agree with that? Uh, mostly, yeah. I think that's um, uh, that's been the thrust, one of the thrusts of the Cuomo administration. Uh, that's what the path through history is, is about, or in part what, it, what it's about. But I believe this, this governor in particular has a real interest in history. And he used to, he doesn't do it so much anymore, in his State of the State messages and others, 
he'd always have a reference back to the Erie Canal, New York's historical greatness. Uh, New York is kind of a city on the hill, uh, inspiring other states and, and so on. And uh, he has done quite a bit with promoting history in the Capitol, for instance, the, the Hall of Governors and some other uh, temporary exhibits. So I, I think the governor has, has an interest. The state education department, uh, and I used to work there at State Archives, very proud of that, it's the only education department in the country that has responsibility both for education and for most of state history. So the State Museum, State Archives, State Library, State Historian, chartering historical societies and museums, and working with and encouraging uh, local government historians. And so it is to the regents and the education department uh, that we naturally look uh, for resources, support, uh, and, and uh, guidance and, and, uh, and leadership. The, the, his, the history there is mixed. There, all, there used to be, in the old days, an Office of State History in the State uh, Education Department, which was headed by an assistant commissioner. That's back now um, quite a few years ago. And it had pretty broad responsibilities, including for the bicentennial of the American Revolution. Uh, those days are probably gone, but more resources would be helpful. And again, something else I've, I've tried to push, it would be useful if we taught more New York uh, state and local history in the schools. We don't do a particularly good job there. We're, good, uh, we're very good at American history, uh, less so with, with the history of our own state. So uh, I think the, the answer to your question, I'd probably uh, diverge more than I should, it, it's complicated naturally so for this wonderful state where everything is 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 complicated mm-hmm. but i think we've got we've got we've certainly got a lot of history going for us we've got a lot of of good leadership at the state level going for us uh resources are always an issue uh, always going to be i guess mm-hmm. now when you talked about the old days i think we had a little technical glitch for a moment what was that office in the education department called well, there, there, it was called the Office of State History. Okay. And, and Devin, Devin Lander has reestablished that. His office is called the Office of State History, and in fact, it is still in statute. Though, though the big office where I started out was disbanded back in 1976. But it was called, and it's still in statute, it is called uh, the Office of State History. Okay. And... Uh, maybe this jumps a little bit, but uh, also you're, you just uh, uh, eloquently t- made a case for teaching more New York State history. Um, I used to, I've been doing it now for two or three years, but there's a teacher, um, and her name escapes me at the moment. I think her first name is Jen, but there's a teacher up in uh, Gloversville at a BOCES class who invites me in every year because I, I write about local history in uh, Fulton, Montgomery County, you know, to, to talk to her class. And there are, you know, teachers like that all around the state. It, it seems though it's kind of up to the teachers to take the, or has been up to the teachers to take the initiative to do this. Again, would you agree with that? Or, or uh, ab- 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 absolutely. Uh, I start out with the social studies framework, which is on online. Anyone can see it, published by the State Education Department. 
and look at grade four and then grade seven and eight. Grade four has some New York history, but that's pretty early for, for kids to really understand things. Seven and eight is American or U.S. and New York combined, but it's mostly American. So uh, that is U.S. You won't find any governor mentioned there, for, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- then teachers have, have an additional issue, which is most of the textbooks are kind of the same, basically U.S. history textbooks with a little bit of New York history. So a creative teacher, such as the person you, you refer to, invites in people like yourself, and there the challenge is tying local, state, and national together. For someone like you, because you, you're, you're so good at this, frankly, that's easy. But for a teacher that's never had much training, say never took a course in New York State history, it's pretty hard to do, and there's an awful lot of material to get through. So if the framework were to be changed, uh, and it was changed a few years ago when the Common Core was adapted, not much different uh, from its predecessor as far as how much New York history was taught, I think we'd be better off. And, and we wouldn't sacrifice much because so many of the trends in, in American history started out or played out here in New York State. So. I think there's a lot we could do without sacrificing the broader goal of teaching kids American uh, history and, indeed, uh, world history. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure you know the, the the name or have seen it on the New York History blog, but we've also had as a guest uh, Peter Feynman, who has a history institute. One of the things he's involved in, I think, as a participant, is, uh, they have different like workshops for teachers, uh, You know, maybe on specific areas of uh, New York State history. Yes, Peter Peter has run those and still does. Uh, he used to run them on a kind of a county-by-county county basis. Uh, his institute is just uh, north of, of New York City. He, uh, he, uh, Peter Feynman is a, is a very uh, energetic, talented uh, guy. Uh, but again, he's he doesn't have any staff, so far as I know. It's only Peter. Uh, NYSHA, back to what we were talking about before, they used to do this in Cooperstown every summer. Uh, so we need things like that, but more of them uh, throughout the state, uh, in, in, in Buffalo and Rochester and Syracuse and so on. There are several initiatives, and I don't, I don't know all of them any, anymore, but there are several initiatives going on in the Hudson Valley uh, from, from this area where we're talking today, basically south to uh, New York City, uh, which uh, get up. Uh, curriculum documents, document packets, and, and so on. State Museum has done some excellent work here. State Archives, where, where I used to work, uh, has done some excellent work on teaching with historical records, State Library as, as well. Uh, but we need more, and we need it coordinated. There ought to be one place where teachers can go and see all these resources because they all, or many of them at least, ought to be online. Mm-hmm. Also, I guess I'm starting to name people I've uh, come in contact with who uh, are working on local history in, in New York. Uh, Brian Mack and uh, Norm Bolin of the Fort Plain Museum. I don't know if you've heard of their work, but they have uh, reached out to all uh, uh, to other historic sites from the Revolutionary Era in the Mohawk Valley 
and they put out a yearly conference at uh, the community college, Fulton Montgomery Community College, uh, about on the American Revolution. You know, the American, it's called the American Revolution and the Mohawk Valley Conference. And this has become a big hit. I mean, people come from all over the country. They come from Canada because it uh, deals a lot with the uh, loyalists who fought for the uh, British during the Revolutionary War. It's... Uh, I think when they started, people, I don't know if anybody rolled their eyes, but now when they roll their eyes, it's because they see the buses coming to uh, the Mohawk Valley to attend this conference. Well, that's an excellent example, I think, of, of local enthusiasm, talent, uh, self-organization, initiative, resilience, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'd heard of that, but I had never heard it described in detail, frankly. Th- that's excellent. Uh, however, it would be great if maybe they do this. They could broadcast it. Uh, they could uh, have a way of posting some of the papers and, and so on. So we have an excellent conference now called the Research in New York Conference in November here at SUNY Albany. Excellent papers, uh, many of them, uh, but no way of getting them out in, in, into mm-hmm. the public. So there ought to be a way, again, circling back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, Using technology more uh, to make all of that all of that uh, sort of material more accessible, uh, but there is there are an awful lot of, of local initiatives such as the one you've just described, which are which are excellent, indicative of the, the enthusiasm and talent of the New York historical community. I believe. Mm-hmm. Now, what has been the reaction to your your post uh, on? Uh the future of history in New York State. Uh, what are you hearing from people? Well, you, if you've seen this, or your listeners have, you'll know that there were six or seven uh, comments which were which were useful. Uh, but uh, the, my post before that and a couple before that was actually somewhat in reaction, not so much to the demise of NYSHA, but to a letter uh, drafted by uh, uh, Ken, Kenneth Jackson, historian Kenneth Jackson of Columbia University, and 99 other historians, so 100 people, kind of an open letter uh, lamenting the demise of NYSHA and calling on, I guess, I don't know who it was sent to, but I guess the regents and legislators and the, and the government and the governor to make sure that, that some things survive, including the, the journal and, and so on. This is the most extraordinary uh, letter of concern, interest, call it what you will, that I've seen in more than 40 years in, in this business. Uh, and if you look, you mentioned Peter Feynman. Peter, if people are interested in seeing this, Peter actually posted it in one of his posts on the New York History blog back maybe a couple of months ago. So uh, I don't know what reaction that got, but when a hundred historians say, look, you know, we, we need some help here because the, uh, the State Historical Association has, has gone and become the Fenimore Art Museum, and that's wonderful, but it's not the State Historical Association and we're concerned, I think people need, need to listen. When I post something, I mean, I'm, I love doing this, and, and people often send me reactions and such, but when a hundred historians do it, started by headed by Ken Jackson, who's one of the most uh, prominent historians in the nation. Uh, that means I think it's time to sit up and, and take notice. I don't know what reaction they, they got, Bob. You might try to get hold of Ken Jackson and get him to come on your program. 
uh, he could he could tell you. Uh, but I don't believe that there's been any reaction that's just said, okay, you're right. Now, now here here's a solution. Uh, here's a new association. You know, here's here's a million dollars to uh, to start something new. Uh, none of those are are realistic, I guess. But it's it shows, I think, that we need to be doing more than we have, in, in part because of the demise of nation, in part because of all of the all all of the needs and and opportunities that that are out there. Uh, <clears throat> over the years, people's reaction to me, and I've done quite a bit, including a special issue of the Journal of Public Historian reaction is often that yes yes we, we agree with that but who's going to do it who's going to do it and i'm sorry bruce we're just out of time our, our guest historian and professor dr bruce deerstein he's written widely about new york state history you've been listening to the historians podcast i'm bob cudmore